Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today is a man who is temporarily in charge of not just the podcast, but of Leeds United. It's Logan Stump. How are you today, Logan? I'm pretty good. Yeah, um, it's it's been a tough transition kind of holding on to this podcast. Uh, just to, <laughs> We're in a relegation battle, guys. Uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling... Like we might soon become a USL pie. Yeah, next year we're we're having to cover USL. Yeah, yeah. But hey, you know, to each their own. But hey, Jordan, how you doing? Everything good? Doing all right. I guess we'll try this again. <laughs> um, so we had to shift some stuff around with our previews. So we're going to be covering the Quakes, RSL, and Colorado Rapids. Just a banger lineup really, of clubs that we're going to be talking about today in the Western Conference. Uh, no sarcasm detected there. But we are, yes, going to be talking about those three teams. It might be a shorter episode because usually we do like five teams, but our two-team preview just uh, lasted a long time. So I think uh, this one could last a bit too, I guess, as, as we go through here. Uh, any anything we need to cover before we jump right in? Like, uh, I don't know. We we had the uh, the uh, our Ted Lasso episode three has dropped today. Yesterday our LA preview dropped, and today we're talking these three teams. So a lot of podcasts going on. But Logan, why don't you plug uh, your show for a bit here? Yeah, so I actually started an Orlando City-specific uh, podcast, unofficial fan podcast, um, for the Lions. I, I currently live in Orlando, going to a couple games, going to opening day against the Red Bulls, so I'm excited about that. My wife got me a ticket package, so I get to pick another game, and I picked the Union, Jordan, so the stateside um, derby is still uh, going strong. And I think, Jordan, uh, if Orlando is panning out like many people think, it might be challenging the Union a little bit, so... Jordan still says no, but um, that's because the union aren't going to be very good. It's because Orlando is going to be that great. No, I, I'm <laughs> shaking my head at, at Twitter oh. right now. Oh, wonderful. Um, I do have a question for you, and it might be on the topic you're discussing. But, yeah, no, if you want to go follow me for an Orlando City podcast, it's Orlando City SC uh, or no, sorry, City Beautiful SC and Orlando City Podcast is what it's called. If you just type in Orlando City Podcast, I think it's like one of the six that pop up. So that's pretty cool. Um, not a ton of fan-specific pods, but definitely some good ones um, that uh, I don't think we've had any of those on except Orlando Soccer Show with uh, our friend over there. But I, I just think it uh, it's, it's a different take on the Orlando City side just because I cover the league. So I've got a little bit of a different take too. I'm a lot less bias too uh, that i think some of the orlando city podcasts so hopefully that's something that people are interested in so you don't have them winning the east uh no i do supporter shield east and ccl but <laughs> no very unbiased yeah. as we're going yeah. right uh, how do i get my prediction um, <laughs> no i you know so i comment on this thing because hercules gomez i think he was being sarcastic here he said remove chris armis from the u.s men's national team list in three two one because they gave up a two goal lead at Leeds. And I said, was he even on it? Like no one was ever putting Chris Armith. I'm sorry, in charge of the U S men's national team, not going to happen. And somebody responded, he's part of the old boys club. Of course he was like, whatever. Yeah, there's some people you just can't get through to, I think at this point, <laughs> everybody thinks that like we only ever hired old boys club members and that's not the case. So I don't know. 
we're not going to talk about U.S. men's national team today. But, hey, we did have all three on the pitch, which was the first time in a Premier League game playing for the same team since 2008 when it was, I think, Casey Keller, um, uh, Dempsey, and Brian McBride. So, Fun fact with Jordan. I love it. You know, you know a lot of things. Like you know a lot of random facts. I saw that earlier. Like, I can't oh, claim come that. On, I'm sorry. Dude, I can't. The quality I can't claim of your it. facts has just gone completely out the window. But I do have a question for you, Jordan. Did you see this news that uh, Chelsea and LAFC have entered advanced talks to transfer Pierre Emerick Aubameyang to uh, LAFC? Now the talks are still ongoing. They're still kind of a far away, but they have advanced uh, from that initial stage where it was just rumors. It does sound like the clubs are in conversation. What do you make of it? You're a blues, I guess a blues fan, but uh, what do you think? Okay. So I can bring the Chelsea perspective, I guess a bit here though. I don't like, I'm not a diehard supporter. Like I used to be for Chelsea, but I would say uh, why I would say why, 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 why LAFC? Because Aubameyang has not been good since he was on Arsenal and he had a good season, what, 2020, 2019, right around the COVID year. They, I think when they won the FA cup, the, the year Pulisic scored in that cup and got injured. I, he asked for a big contract. And then as soon as he got it, he stopped performing. He gets transferred to Barcelona. Doesn't do anything. For some reason, Tuchel wanted him and Tuchel gets him and then gets fired almost immediately after. Anyway, and Aubameyang has just been a waste of space in Chelsea so much. And, and you know what? They can't even transfer him to another European club anyway because of – and he can't leave till the summer anyway because you can only play for two, two clubs in a transfer like in a year. Uh, so he's already done that. And then even if they were trying to get rid of him, he's already like cup-tied for the Champions League, I think, with Barcelona. So it's not even like you can move him to a different team. So I don't know. There's a lot of moving parts there with Aubameyang, but I'm sure he could come here and score. I don't think that's an issue. I haven't, what I think the issue would be is productivity in the sense of on and off the field, wanting to be here, wanting to play, and then turning that into scoring goals. I could almost see it going as poorly as like Higuain's first year here, you know, uh, until like last year is really the the best year Higuain had, right? When he was used as a sub. So I don't think it really moves the needle for LAFC. I think you'd be like, maybe you sell some shirts, maybe you get some people interested, but I don't know. He has to come here motivated. If he come, if he shows up motivated and he plays like he did at Arsenal, then it's a great signing. But I don't know if he's there anymore. I just don't. I agree. I, I think I, watching the all or nothing with uh, Arsenal and the way that he treated his teammates and the way that I think that he just kind of didn't mesh with Arteta and Arteta seems to be a player's coach. I just don't know how that would fare because I think Greg Vanny would even be a little bit more strict, I think, than uh, maybe a Mikel Arteta because I do feel like Arteta probably had the almost open arms of all. Well, the it'd be with that- LAFC, right? Or sorry, yeah, that's what yeah. I meant. Uh, the Trundle. Trundle. Um, I forget which LA is. Uh, but yeah, Trundle. I get, okay, then it changes. I, I don't know why I was thinking Galaxy. but I don't know if it changes anything. He got into a Chicho Rondo, right? That, that yeah. wasn't a, like, I don't know yeah. if that, I don't know. 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I sound like an idiot now. Um, no, but <laughs> I was like, which team am I talking about? Like, you're right. Well, we um, did but, just cover both. So yeah, it was very confusing. So I do apologize for my mistakes, but let's move on. I, I don't think it's a good signing, though. I just don't think Obama Yang is, uh, he's very much like, uh, I think, Gareth Bale, where I, I just don't think soccer is, is his priority anymore. I just don't think that that's something that he, he just collects money and moves on. So. Yeah, I mean, let me just look up his. I, I mean, I would have taken him a long time ago. I wanted him signed at Chelsea like before he was same. At I mean, Arsenal, yeah, you know, he's thirty three though. It's not even like he's super young. Um, I mean, he did have eleven goals for Barcelona in eighteen games, which is good. But Chelsea, eleven games, one goal, right? One hundred twenty eight appearances, sixty eight goals for Arsenal. That was that was good. That's. 2018 to 2022 but it was the end thing that really left the sour like taste in fans mouths right that's how i remember it because my dad is an arsenal fan so i get that perspective and i get like you know we were all following along on it on twitter of oh asking for this big deal great Uh, we probably talked about it on stoppage time soccer show when that existed and then it was like, as soon as he got that mega deal, it was like a ghost. Wasn't really putting in the effort. So I, I would worry about that. He's 33. That's still young in MLS terms for some of these Europeans that come over um, or players that come over from Europe. But again, if he's not going to be motivated, which we don't know, that's a question mark. If he's not motivated at Chelsea, I mean, I, I I don't know how you get motivated for LAFC. Okay, so actually he's cup-tied for the Champions League on Chelsea, not Barcelona. So that's my mistake. Now I look like the dumb one, right? But he's got one league goal. That's what it is. One league goal. He's got three total. I think he scored two goals against AC Milan in two different games, and he's got one for against Crystal Palace. So he's had three goals for Chelsea in like uh, quite a few games. He's just I don't know. I, I I'm not sure if that's a good signing. And we didn't talk about it because it wasn't like it was kind of like loosely linked. Um, I think it was yesterday, right before we went um, to record, that Bogert kind of confirmed it. But, uh, you know, we had already sent our questions to Gio. We're not going to spring Yang <laughs> on him, like, last minute. So, we, you know, we kind of held off. All right. I guess we can go ahead and move on, on to these previews get, get, get these previews done so we try to spend about 10 to 15 minutes on each club so that's what we're going to do and we're going to start with the san jose quakes so with the san jose earthquakes last year they finished last in the west logan they gave up 69 goals which was second to last in league and they only scored two and that's with firing Almeida in April, which is still very early in the season because the season started in March, not February like it is this year. 
Um, they did have some good experiences, right? Uh, Jeremy Abobasi scoring 17 goals in 34 matches. He's coming down from Portland and he's had a really good year. Um, you know, he came down in the middle of 2021 and then last year got uh, quite a few goals for them. Christian Espinoza had seven goals and nine assists. And, you know, the union even traded them. Um, Jamiro Montero, who had four, four goals, six assists. Pretty okay. Cade Cal didn't really do what we thought he could do after watching him in 2021. He's still only 18. But where what do you when you think back to the San Jose Quakes last season, is there anything that jumps out to you immediately that like mm, that that was the definition of the San Jose Quakes last year? Yeah, I, I think looking back on the team, uh, I think they figured out the attack somewhat, and I, I think they had a disappointing season from Kate Cal. But I think everything in the midfield back towards the defense, it just was subpar at, at just, to just be nicely or put nicely. Um, I, I think that San Jose uh, really struggled to defend uh, in situations where, um, I mean, they're playing some of the some of the worst teams in the league, uh, and they're just leaking goals. Uh, to, to give up 69 goals, we talked a bit about this. Uh, I know in our first season previews that we ever did, Jordan, that San Jose still struggled with this idea. They just thought that maybe they could outscore opponents um, and leak goals out the back. But it just it seems like it's been this case since we've been covering them in MLS. They just don't have that defensive uh, midfield presence that really puts pressure on on teams to make them, you know, turn the ball over in the midfield, get the attack going. So then it leaves all that pressure on their back line. Last year, they went out and got Francisco Calvo, um, which was just a disaster uh, in, Ch- in Chicago where he was. Uh, you throw him in there and it's just basically the same story written all over again. Um, JT Marchinkowski, I think, has struggled tremendously. Jordan, he was somebody that we looked forward to possibly being in the mix uh, of U.S. men's national team keepers. And out of nowhere, um, he, Ochoa, just dropped completely. Ochoa goes and, and uh, now claims to be uh, part of the Mexican national team. And he's been um, in just disarray since uh, that youth camp that was way back in the Olympics. It seems like Marchinkowski and Ochoa have just struggled since then. But really, Jordan, when you think about this team, and I, and I think you mentioned to uh, and you allude to it, um, the fact that they just don't ever have consistency uh, as far as the coaching staff is concerned. But what I mean by that is that uh, Matias Almeida just didn't ever seem to have this team a fingerprint on what this team's identity was. And I think Matias Almeida was also looking elsewhere because you and I talked about where he was linked, I think, to the Chilean national team at some point. Um, he was always looking for a South American job. It just seems like this team just doesn't have an identity. And I think you said, what do you think of when you think of the Quakes? I think it's that. It's just they don't have an identity of anything except we're hoping Kate Cowell is just as good as Wondolowski ends up being uh, because that's what we need. And I don't think they have an answer for anything else besides that. They think we just need somebody to score goals. Well, they got that in a different player, but I still think their identity is just a mess. It still is now that I'm looking at this roster. This is a club that Logan, the whole time you've covered them, right? This is this is Logan's third season of covering this. And our, our whole show, our third and a half season as we go in here, because I start at mid-2020. Tail end 2020. But they've been irrelevant, right? And 
it was like since you started joining us, one of the first questions we had for uh for our guest, right? Was Almeida possibly leaving? And he stayed that whole year. And then we get Fabian on last year to talk for 2022. And it was Almeida might leave. And it just seemed like they were hitting that boiling point. That happened in April, right? And it was almost like they were so far in a hole at, at that point already that it was kind of tough for them to get out of. But then I don't know if that's actually true. That's just going off my memory because I don't think they started off last in the in the West. They ended up there, though. So they've kind of been all over the place. And uh, I, you know, when you have a season with Jeremy Obobese scoring 17 goals, you're like, that's great. That's great. I mean, Montero even, like you said, what, six goals, four assists, or vice versa, which is, I don't, I don't remember how many he scored at the Union, but I, I was kind of at the point where when they traded him to San Jose, I was like, that's fine. Like, the Union didn't need him, and they proved that by getting to MLS Cup. It's like, I don't know if this team, and, and I don't want to really rip into them here, I don't know if this team can ever be anything with the ownership that they currently have. And I've heard that from other San Jose fans that want this team to get it's this team is like their third or fourth priority, right? The owners. So there has to be a way. And and I hope, I hope this will eventually change throughout all of MLS because how many clubs are there, Logan, where they are either owned by somebody very wealthy that owns another sports franchise but this team is not their number one priority. It's a lot of them. The revolution, Robert Kraft, this is, this is not his number one priority. It's the Patriots. There's a lot of teams that are like that. Stan Kroenke. The galaxy. We just talked about the galaxy. Yeah. Um, Now I want to bring up a point there, like just before we move on is you want like Orlando, you want the Will family who came in and I I've never seen Orlando spend this much money, but they instantly were like, let's put a checkbook to this team we have priorities, yes, with the Vikings, but we also have it with Orlando City. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's no, what they no. want. What I want is more of these teams that are going to be either the number one priority or treated as a number one priority, like you're talking about Orlando. Obviously, the Vikings are number one priority for them because it makes the most money, but they're putting some money into Orlando. And it's like some of these teams are almost on autopilot, right? That's that's kind of where we're at, where they're like, this doesn't make us that much money anyway, but we are making some money maybe, <laughs> right? And um, we're going to run this kind of bare bones. And yes, we're going to sign some players that look good at some times. We're going to let some stuff, but our budget's low. We're not going out to get one of those big DPs. We're not going out there to get, you know, some of the stuff we're going to get inner MLS players and we're going to hope that this is, and we're going to develop some like Kate Cal and, and we're going to hope that this will turn us around and we'll make even more money that way without putting a lot in. That's how some of these teams. And that's how I feel like the quakes are where what you need is an owner who is passionate about, and this is part of the reason this is part of the issue when you have 
uh, a, a league that's only as young as 1996, right? For some of these owners, they didn't grow up with this team. They're not passionate about the team. And the goal is to eventually, and I'm sure we'll get there at some point, have like owners that are bought in and maybe grew up supporting the team that they're that they're owning and that they're going to put money towards it and they're going to hit the go switch and the joke about it is that this team could conceivably make the playoffs if they do do nine teams right like that this that is not i don't think unrealistic if they sort out the defense issues if they sort out the defense and everything's working well for the quakes uh, there's a shot that they can get into the ninth place right like because there's only what 13 or 14 in the west so you only have to climb like five spots and you're in but just not even like harping on the quakes for this i'm talking about just world like mls wide league wide there has to be at some point somebody that treats it like the Timbers or like the Sounders where they are like, this is like a huge priority. It may not be number one, but it is really big priority. Yeah. Luchi Gonzalez is the new head coach. He comes in um, and is going to take over a team that I think still is struggling to find that identity. They do go out and add Carlos Grueso, who's a DP midfielder who I think they've really needed. Uh, they kind of need that uh, person in the midfield that's going to control and create for the attacking players. The link up play between the back line and kind of that midfield area has always been kind of a gray area um, with uh, the quakes. And I think with guys like Christian Espinosa, with guys like Cade Cowell, and let me tell you, Cade Cowell out of the January camp, Jordan, he looked like the player that was getting ready to emerge as a star in this league here in MLS. So I'm excited to kind of see where Cade goes. If Cade does play to the abilities that I think the people think that he have the upside that he has, and also kind of, you know, going on that trajectory that he showed early on um, in this January camp. I'm excited to see Cade Cal, but he needs somebody to create for him. And that was something they kind of lacked up until last year. Last year, they were fine. They scored 52 goals. That's a ton. There's so many teams that were around the playoffs or in the playoffs that couldn't even score 52 goals. So it's amazing that this team scored as much as they did work as creative as they were. And they just could not get anywhere because their defense just lacked the ability to stop anyone. And I think that's kind of a massive thing that you're looking forward to going into 2023. They asked Dan or they add Daniel, who's a Brazilian goalkeeper to kind of balance out, I think, and, and challenge Marchinkowski for that uh, number one spot in between the post. And then Michael Baldismo, who played with Vancouver, had an okay season, but, you know, he's always kind of struggled with injury. He's kind of struggled uh, with this ability to stay on the pitch and really contribute. Uh, he's not one of those guys that you think of as a, a premier defender in this league, but I think somebody that could help them at least not score as much or let uh, other teams score as much as they did. So I'm mean, interested to see what Lucci does. Jordan, I, I want to ask you, he coached with Dallas and Dallas let him go because it was just not a good partnership. It seemed to kind of go sour. Do you think that he really is the answer? Cause I know people were shouting him out for us men's national team. And I was totally against that. I just don't know how I feel about Lucci. I've seen some people legitimately ask for Todd Ramos for the us men's national team, just because he was like anti Greg Berhalter at one point and it's like tab ramos failed in mls and he also failed to qualify for the olympics so that's not a good 
thing. So I kind of lean with you about Luchi Gonzalez. I don't think he's U.S. Men's National Team caliber yet, but I think I think he's a better fit for the Quakes than Almeida, and I think he yeah. might be a better fit for the Quakes than than Dallas, because um, Dallas was able to kind of fly right after after that. Like they had a good season last year. But I think maybe they'll be able to do a little better, um, like Lucci, and it would do a lot better with like a San Jose team because, frankly, that the expectations are low. Maybe not fan wise. I think fans are like, we gotta get on the right track. But I, I mean, like maybe like owner wise, GM wise, where they're like, mm, we're not too worried about <laughs> about some stuff. But I, I think you got to give them time now. You, you had him hired. He came in mid season, right? It. Yes, they ended up last in the West, which was second last, I think you said, in the league, or second to last in the league. But like we said, it's the defense. Uh, so it doesn't feel great that they lose somebody like Calvo and Rometty, right? But, um, uh, you know, Rometty, uh, not really Rometty, but I mean, Calvo, you know, losing Calvo. But, I don't remember him playing super well either, but it's like, they don't really, they, they haven't brought in a defender at this point. They brought in the goalkeeper, like you said, and they brought in, um, Grezo DP midfielder. And so there's kind of still the question of, is the defense going to be good? Uh, was it the play style of Almeida that was, you know, killing that, uh, that because it's like the Bielsa type style, you know, which which kills the defense at times. Uh, like you said, though, fifty two goals. You know who else had fifty two goals? Nashville. They made the playoffs. You know who did not reach fifty two goals? Minnesota and Real Salt Lake, who uh, made the playoffs. Now Timbers scored fifty three goals, but they also gave up fifty three. So there's, you know, there's kind of the rub right if you're going to score 52 you can't be giving up 69 and that's the worst except for dc united in the league if you can sort out that that that's the, the goal right like i almost feel like if we were going to say successful season it's not give up 69 goals it's not even get close to 69 you know it would be would be the goal there but obviously we'll give a, re- a more real prediction with that um i i don't know i i think they gotta i think this is the this is a year that is probably you want to see progress and then next year would probably be all right lucci we need you to take the big step now right like th- this is the year we need you to, like okay you had a what however many games last year getting acclimated with the squad. We brought in some players for you. You know, cause who knows what they'll do in the summer or if this is not done yet, you know, like they could still be bringing in people, I guess. But, uh, like, like you had 2023, we saw an increase in table spot and now 2024, we need you to make the playoffs or else maybe it's time to, I don't know, almost like rebuild again, which is, which is not, like new manager, not rebuild, but 
that that's kind of the pr- progression I see for this team. It's like, okay, okay, you had last year. This year you get a full season to kind of show us what you can do. We want to see an improvement. And then the following season, sorry, now we want to see the big leap. We want to see the big leap the next year is kind of my vibe for San Jose. And to have a good season this year, I think Cade Cowell needs to be better. Yeah, I would say a successful season is getting Cade Cowell going um, because I, I think Jeremy of is a really great option, but I think having Cade Cowell in there too, uh, you know, I think they're going to have to try to figure out how those two play together. I think a can kind of play up above uh, Cade Cowell and Cade can kind of run in behind him. Cade Cowell is also really good at hold up play too. Uh, I noticed that with the U.S. men's national team when he was playing uh, in January that he's really good at hold up play. And so either way that those two can kind of coexist, if they do coexist, that's a really good striking duo. Uh, a good goal scoring option with Christian Espinosa and beside them uh, playing, uh, you know, the soccer that everybody knows he's capable of. I think this is a great attack. I think they actually could increase from what they did last year, which is crazy to think, but I think they're a really good attacking team. I, I just, I'm concerned about their defense. I don't think they've solved any of those issues uh, with the defense. I think Lucci can play better defensively with this team. And like you said, I think it was more of an Albania thing. Um, so giving, giving Lucci this year to figure out, all right, this is what the team I have. This is what I need to do going forward. This is how I kind of rebuild and kind of retool. I would say that he's going to get that leash, I think two or three years at least to kind of rebuild this and put the guys in spots that he wants. But I do think with the way that the Quakes fans uh, kind of are, I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure. And and I mean that by saying that the Quakes are, they they want success. They know that there's uh, a, good team i think in and amongst this uh, group of guys and i think that they they know that but a successful season like you said jordan i think it, it's just getting better defensively and getting Cade cow to have that breakout year because then i think you push more towards the playoffs i'm not sure they're there yet depending on how many playoff teams there are i still think they struggle because the west is pretty deep but i do think they're starting to push more realistically towards that nine ten you know maybe eight spots so i think a successful season is get off the mat um, and don't finish below St. Louis. So. Yeah. I, I would say looking at Cade Cal's stats, right? Last year was a down year. So you had 2021 at 17 years old, 33 games played 1600 minutes, five goals, five assists. That's 10 goals that he's playing a part in last year. 1,500 minutes, 31 games, three goals, three assists. So four less goal contributions. And not only do you want him scoring more so that way you're maybe winning more games, but I would think part of the model for San Jose is hoping that he becomes linked with teams overseas or somewhere else that they're able to sell them and make money off of them, right? we've kind of seen this model shift in MLS of the, almost like the union model at times, right. Or the Red Bull model where they have a young, a young team, you know, bringing in young players and then they try to feature them for a few years, hope that they look great. And then if they get linked somewhere else and, and make some money on it, but you also want him to be doing well. So that way it helps the team as well. So there's kind of like a twofold thing on, on why it, this is a big year for Cade Cows because he's, you know, going to be 19 sometime this year. And some of these players 
you know, that's the year that like, when did, when did Brendan leave 19 or 20 years old? Some of these players are leaving at that time for, for some amount of money. And what you also want is probably sell on fee as well. That's where a lot of these teams are starting to go. So there, there's like a twofold thing here with, with Cade Cowell of we want him to do well so we can get there, but probably also we want to be able to flip him at some point, right? Like we don't want him to run out of a contract and, and then just leave at some point either. So we need him to hit the ground running. So maybe this summer or next summer or the next winter, we're able to flip him. For me, a successful season is definitely shoring up the defense and making a step forward, not being last place, but I would say I wouldn't even want to be bottom three. I think you got to be at worst bottom three, like the the third one, not the the last two, but you want to be like there or just missing out on the playoffs. You do not want to be bottom. You want to see growth with, with Lucha Gonzalez. You know, you want to see, um, growth in the team itself some of these youngsters some of these players that are coming into the team and hope that you're able to translate that to a much better season it might only be a few points difference from last place but you don't want to be last you don't want to be bottom three you want to be like fourth fourth to the bottom is a successful season and we'll see does that get you in the playoffs who knows maybe in a couple years it will with the way rate that they're adding teams to the to the playoffs. Also, what's funny is when I was going to FB ref while we were talking about all this, uh, San Jose Quakes was like actually one of the options on the front page <laughs> of FB ref. It was like men's squads, and I see the Quakes logo. I'm like, hey, that's exactly what I need to click. That's helpful. It's like they knew. All right, we good with the Quakes? We good to move on? Yeah. All right, RSL, head coach Pablo Mastroeni. Last year, uh, they started well, and then I showed up, right? Then I showed up in June and derailed the whole experiment. Uh, they finished seventh in the West, and they lost in the first round to Austin in penalty kicks. Um, are you saying that's the worst shootout you've ever seen? Yeah, it was awful. It's in the notes. <laughs> yeah. It was awful. Uh, no, I, I got to. I must have you know, blocked I, it out because I do not remember it at all. It wasn't I, I good. I think they. Out. I think it was. It was just one of those ones where guys were missing and, and they could have put it away, but didn't put it away. And it was one of those back and forth where it's like it's kind of like I union, remember now. Like just yeah, the damn game now. away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think RSLs. I think they were like two or three of the worst penalty kicks I've ever seen. Like one guy, I forget who it was. It might have been. I don't even want to guess. But it might have been Sergio, but I, I it, it was it was awful. It was like a skyrocket. They like, played oh, well that game too. Like they, yeah. they could have. They almost Austin, bounced Austin, but yeah. they it was that that penalty shootout was awful. So they scored just forty three goals last year, but they also only gave up forty five, and that makes sense because I saw a nil nil result when I went there. So they didn't give up one. They didn't score one. That was kind of right in line. I, I went to a, I guess, typical game there. I was going to say, you saw, you saw them at their best, Jordan. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So Sergio Cordova led the team in scoring with just nine goals. And, you know, we're talking about San Jose, right? Ibobasi, 17 goals, right? Doesn't get his team into the playoffs. You have a team that makes the playoffs. Their leading score is nine. 
So again, it's just kind of like the big difference between what a defense can do for you, right? Uh, you're you're probably making the, the playoffs if you're the Quakes. Um, if you're if you're not scoring as many goals, this team was kind of a negative two goal differential, right? Like, and and they still made it. Bobby Wood and Demir Krylock were hurt most of the season. Rubio Rubin didn't really add much to the team here. But they still made it, right? They still made the playoffs. So I think we would have said that's a successful season for RSL going into last year. But I guess, Logan, looking back at it as a whole, does that still stand? You know, they pushed Austin to penalties. Austin was this breakout team last year. Was last year still a success? Or did it ultimately, because of them being so hot and then cooling down, make it not so successful? Well, I, I think this is now what two years in a row that they've made dead or uh, decision day uh, too close, like squeaky bum time. Um, I forget who who coined that term, but I forget who did. Uh, but anyway, it 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 is. It's it's RSL man. They just they flirt with danger and they they do it all the time. And I think it's it's kind of their identity right now. And, and I think Jordan, when you win, if I can remember correctly, like they were on a stretch where it was like I don't think anybody's going to beat this team. Like. They were playing so. They well were the hottest team in MLS until I showed. It's insane because it's like uh, looking at it. They had ten clean or that ten clean sheets last year. The only teams above them with clean sheets, and this actually shocked me, Jordan. Jordan, I'll give you. They finished fourth with ten clean sheets, right? Who do you think was first? I feel like you should know this. Was it the Union? It was. Second, NYCFC. Can you guess who is third? You would never guess this, I don't think, in a million years. So I'm guessing it's not LAFC, even it's though they not. didn't score that many, even it's though they not. didn't give they up actually, that many goals. Right, they didn't give up that many goals. but LAFC, Was it the fire? Yeah, look at you. Wow. Gaga. I knew it because of Gaga <laughs> Slanina. That was his goal, was to try to break the record for yeah. clean sheets. So yeah. I knew he did pretty well. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Isn't it? But anyway, I think... RSL still didn't make the playoffs. No, this was not a successful season. They flirted with danger. Um, they once again get in on decision day ish. Um, a lot of things had to happen for them to miss, but I just, with this team, I feel like if they don't take a step forward and are at least fighting for home field playoff uh, contention and, and, you know, battling for that top spot in the playoffs, however they work. Uh, as far as the top four, I just don't think that this team uh, is making the progress that they need. And they never really add anything to kind of make that splash that you go, wow, this team's really trying to improve. Yeah. I mean, I I would say it's probably still successful for them last year, but you want to be able to, improve this year and it doesn't really seem like that's going to happen everybody's really upset about Sir, uh, you know sergio cordova right um he's going to he's linked to vancouver and he's leaving uh because he, he was on loan from augsburg and now it looks like he's coming back to mls but maybe to vancouver and RSL fans, that's all really upset about that. Uh, like you said, I mean, he, he led the team with scoring nine, nine goals. So so where do you go from there, right? We have Bobby Wood uh, gone to the Revs. While he wasn't as big of a fixture last year due to his injuries, he, he did come in and do decently, I think, the year before. 
And then, uh, you know, they lose their right back to Montreal, Aaron Herrera. Now they bring in Danny Muzovsky from LAFC. They bring in Carlos Andreas Gomez, um, who is a 20-year-old forward. That's coming from Millonarios FC, which is a Colombian team. Uh, so he is a winger. He scored 12 goals in 58 professional appearances during 2021 and 2022. So it's like looking ahead, Logan, if we're, I'll look ahead to this year and how last year maybe was or wasn't a success, depending on your definition. Where do we go from here? Do we, do we think they did enough to the attack to, to make up for losing Cordova? And what what's your thoughts there with the attack? Yeah, I mean, Sergio Cordova, while good last year, only had nine goals. Uh, not really that premier striker that you really want that forward. Now, Jefferson Savarino, a really good forward, played up top for 19 matches, had 17 starts, did score seven. So in a limited time, you saw Jefferson Savarino really get uh, integrated into this team. I think he's got the ability to kind of push, you know, 15 goals, like dare I say 15, 16, and that's pretty decent. But as you said, Jordan, I mean, you look at teams like the Quakes, 16 sometimes, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's like if you're not playing well now, they do defend a lot better than San Jose. I mean, a lot better. But I I just don't think they've added enough. Uh, Danny Musovsky, you know, I I think he's a nice depth piece, but he was never that great with LAFC. That's why LFC was quick to move on from him. They're like, you know what? You kind of run your course here. You're a nice depth piece to have in behind some of these top uh, goal scorers in the league, but you can move on. And, and now he ends up in RSL's lap. I just never feel like RSL makes the big splash. Now they do go make a club record transfer fee and signing for Carlos Andre Gomez. I worry about wingers, Jordan. You and I have talked about this at length. I mean, look at, look at the league. Uh, it just doesn't wingers from outside that are young, just don't seem to kind of integrate into this league very well or very quickly uh, at that. You look at a guy like Daber Caicedo, somebody that we thought would just tear up this league, but because he was young, it just doesn't seem like it worked out. Randall Leal for Nashville just never quite panned out. You look at Douglas Costa, who's aged, uh, but also one of the top players in his time. He comes over. He struggles tremendously. I feel like if you're going to struggle, if you're going to have somebody struggle, it's going to be on the wing, and they're bringing in this young kid that's 20 years old that, yeah, while he does score 12 goals and 58 appearances – it's not something that jumps completely off the paper. It does seem like people in this league, if they're just not accustomed to it and they're younger, not used to the physicality of this league, the, 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 I guess the speed of this game, it's a lot different. And I, I just worry because I, I just don't think RSL has added enough. I think they're pretty much, they're pretty much what they were last year. Aren't they? Like, I, I just feel like they're just not anything that's going to jump out at you and go, wow, this team got a lot better in a pretty tough Western conference. Yeah, um, I, I mean, Demir Krylak's healthy. RSL, <laughs> RSL that... I feel like is always a tough team because it's like they don't look great on paper sometimes, but then they'll play very well and then they'll regress and then they'll just make it into the playoffs. They'll push a team and then they'll lose and then it's like almost right back to it. So I'm not really sure. I would say on paper, I don't think they did enough to to change this team. I think that at this point, they're a borderline playoff team. Now, of course, again, if they add two playoff spots, 
they're they're now in like the top percentile of playoff teams, right? Absolutely, because yeah. They're, they're shooing. They would go from ninth, which was <laughs> seventh being the worst, right? If they just made it in the seventh, let's say that. Let's say we think that they're borderline in its seventh place to last year's rules. If they're a borderline playoff team this year and they change to nine, then it's going to be borderline ninth place. Um, if they drop that far and still make the playoffs, I would say this is not a good season for them if we're looking ahead to a successful season for RSL. But if they stay seventh and they add nine teams in the playoffs, then maybe it is a success. I don't know. I feel like you want to see some sort of growth here that I would almost say fifth in the West would be a successful season for this for this team. They finished seventh last year. I don't think they're good enough to get a four top four playoff spot, but Nashville is out of the West. Nashville finished like fifth, I think, in the West. So why not try to grab that spot? I think this team can be better than Minnesota sometimes because Minnesota is a, a team that is very flip-floppy as well. So I do think you can rise a bit from that seventh place that I would say, if I'm going to lay it on the line, successful seasons, fifth or bust uh, for, for me for RSL because if you if you stay seventh you haven't improved and six I don't think is is like a coin flip if it's a point or two difference right and if you drop the ninth and still make the playoffs I think that's a regression so I would say fifth is like um is you're jumping two spots there's a team that's gone from that conference yes St. Louis is coming into it but they're not prepared I don't think for this so I'll say fifth for a successful season. I know that sounds very specific, but I, that's, I can't see them being fourth. So I'm going to have to go with, with that. No, I think that's brilliant. I think uh, I would say, uh, I guess the, the motto could be don't let decision day matter or the last couple of weeks before the season in matter for RSL matter in maybe going up and playing fifths, you know, fifth or fourth. Yeah. But not but like leaving it not, late to yes, clinch. Yeah. Yes, stop leaving it late, late to clinch um, and stop finishing seventh. I'm going to put you there in my predictions. I'm just going to spoil that right now. Just because, right, they lock it in. They've been seventh the last two years. Like, why not? I mean, it, what, it, it, what I would also probably say as well is if you're going to make fifth, make it through the first round of playoffs too, right? Uh, but I'll leave them at I'll leave them at fifth as the barometer of a successful season. But I'm, if I'm a fan, I also don't want to get bounced out the first round again. I'd want to see some sort of growth in the team, and I'm sure that's why they're so upset about um, just kind of like the lack of improvement in the squad and the lack of the Apple TV stuff. I mean, like I saw them complaining about how cheap their club profile is. Um, they didn't really put a lot into it. So, and, and they got some history there. They got some history. They got the riot song, you know, for, well, it was, it was riot because of Rio Tinto, but I'm sure that's what they'll still, still call it and stuff, but they have a great song that they play. Like when you're, I mean, I, I shared my, I did my, uh, soccer stadium tour video. It's up on the channel. So if you want to see my experience there, I had a ball. It was great. And that fan base was very good and they deserve a, a an increase they deserve an increase and I mean, they only have 2009's mls cup that's all they really have and, and a final appearance in the ccl which 
that was when they had Garth Loggerway, right? And he's now moved on from Seattle after he made Seattle a dynasty. And now he's moving on to Atlanta. So I guess the only good thing for them is that Garth is no longer in the West as well. All right, I guess we can move on to the Rapids. Is there a team we are lower on than the Colorado Rapids? Maybe San Jose. We'll see. Uh, so last year, the Rapids under Robin Frazier finished 10th in the West. Huge drop, Logan. Let's not forget, this team was top of the West. Though I don't really think they deserved it. In 2021, top of the West. They grabbed that on decision day. They said, nobody else wants it. We'll take it. Why not? They fall to 10th in the West last year, scoring just 46 goals. They gave up 57th, which is the fourth West, uh, fourth worst defense in the league. Uh, they didn't really create a lot of chances in the league. Zardes had nine goals for them. He's gone, right? He's going to Austin. I'm sure Austin will take nine goals from Zardes too. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Austin when we get there, but leading goal scorer is Diego Rubio is 16. Other than that, they really struggle. They're also going to lose Mark Anthony K. Um, you know, I think they lost him actually kind of during the season, but yeah, they lose him. Now they bring in Kevin Cabral, which the Rapids fans hate it because he was awful at the galaxy. So just kind of go, Going off last year, Logan, when you have the high of 2021, winning the West when nobody expected them to, and then the fall of 10th place when nobody expected them to repeat first, obviously, but you probably would have said seven teams in the playoffs after falling from first, you want to end up seventh at least, right? You don't want to drop all the way out of the playoffs, and that's what happened. So when you look back to this team last year, what, what kind of springs to mind? Um, I, I think the big hole that Cole Bassett left obviously jumps into my mind only because he's back. Um, but Cole Bassett leaving, um, I just don't think they were as solid defensively as they could have been. Um, obviously giving up 57, that's pretty much going without stating, but like, it just seemed like there were times where this team just, it just doesn't seem realistic that they gave up 57. Like, I, I think they've got a better defense than what they played. Um, I know Abubakar is there. I know William Yardsborough had played pretty well up until this point. Um, I know we had a, we had a Twitter follower, um, Jordan, that kind of, we asked the questions like, if you have anything that you want us to talk about, can you talk about the Rapids additions plus the attention or potential addition at goalkeeper? William Yardsborough is, I, I think, he's adamant for this league. Like, I, I think he's, he's good. He's average, maybe, um, maybe slightly above average. I, I think that, you know, having a young kid in behind him um, is the big concern because I think that he's, you know, Abraham Rodriguez is not going to step in and in, in, in anytime soon either it's 20 years uh, old. And I, I do think that with the goalkeeper situation, I think if they don't go out and get a goalkeeper, I, I don't think they're in bad hands. I really don't. I just don't think Yarborough is that bad. Um, I don't think he's one of the top, but I just don't, I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell goalkeepers when your defense is awful. Like it's really difficult to kind of go after a goalkeeper unless they're making clearing mistakes. And I could be wrong. There could be instances that I didn't see where Yarborough just had it out last year and just didn't play well. 
but I, I don't feel like that was ever the case. I always thought that he was pretty solid. Um, so I don't really know what the what the what the deal is there. I, I know they've been linked to a couple goalkeepers, um, but goalkeepers are really tough to find, especially now. Um, I just feel like teams aren't willing to kind of give up goalkeepers in the January transfer window. So your best bet is try to find some maybe in the summer. But again, I, I just don't think that, that that's the answer. I don't think looking directly at the goalkeeper and saying that's the issue is really ever a thing. I just think defenses rely too much on goalkeepers. And if the defense isn't good, the goalkeeper is going, oh, dear. Yeah, I mean, I just had to go back and refresh my memory on the Rapids, okay? You have, last year's missed the playoffs. Year before that, we talked about it first in the east, of west, sorry. First in the west. You then have 2020, eighth place, but still made the playoffs because of the weird COVID year. They had more playoffs, all that kind of stuff. 2019 was the last time they missed the playoffs uh, before last year, and that was ninth place. So they've kind of fallen way down to 10th right now. Obviously some of those seasons are expansion years. So the West has kind of grown team. So I guess you could say there's more places to fall compared to when there's less teams in the West, but they haven't been going up really, except for that one time they finished first. And at this point, it seems like a almost Herculean effort that they even did that. I think we were all debating, is it going to be Sounders or LAFC that, that win the West that year? Or Sounders or somebody else, right? And then up came the Rapids out of nowhere. So th- there's this, you got to be able to see progression, right? And I don't think we've seen that. Now, obviously... You saw that the one year where, where they won it. But, I mean, other than that, they, they, they've fallen even further. They're in 10th place. Negative 11 goal differential. Um, yes, they finished above Seattle, but Seattle can say we won the CONCACAF Champions League. We had injuries. We had all this stuff. I'm not so sure what the Rapids' excuse is, right? I mean, you can't say... It's Cole Bassett either because I don't think he changes it that much. And if so, they get him back now. So then you're seeing them rise back up. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think what else really frustrates teams, and this is almost like a team that's like San Jose for me, right? Where you look at it and you say, they aren't making the right moves. They aren't doing enough for their fans. When you look at this Kevin Cabral move, one goal and three assists in 33 matches with the Galaxy. 600 GAM in 2023 and 400 GAM in 2024. They spent a million dollars in GAM to get a guy who failed for the Galaxy. Why? What what are we doing, right? Insert Taylor 12 and what are we doing, GIF, right? It is madness that that that's who they bring in, right? 
who who knows? Who knows how it works out? Maybe he hits some sort of form. They they have brought in a lot of other players too. You know, um, a, a Denmark, um, a Danish uh, center back Andreas Maxo from Bronby, uh, Alex Gersbach, a left back from League uh, Liga Two side. They bring in Connor Ronan, who's the center midfielder for Wolverhampton. Uh, um, you have Calvin Harris from Cincinnati. Is that great? I, I you know, none of these moves are like wowing me, but I do think they should improve i know i got a i know i took a long roundabout way of reaching there but i do think that they'll improve i would hope i would hope i mean you you only lose four players you're signing like five or six that that should hopefully improve your squad it's not like you're just replacing like for like you're also signing some extra some depth some pieces that hope you know if you have injuries are gonna fill or that'll and if cabral does right but i don't know if it's enough for a playoff spot i think a successful season and i I know you don't i know we didn't spend too much time on them yet this time so we can always backtrack but i'm just going to say it out of order here i think a successful season for this team is playoffs um i'm not even you know even if there's nine teams if you get ninth, you're in the playoffs. That's a successful season for me because it's at least a spot improvement from last year and you're in the playoffs. Anything can happen. But is Robin Frazier safe if they miss the playoffs? I, I don't think he should be. I don't think he should be. So that's my thoughts. Uh, I'm sure I'll add more when, when you talk, but I can see why fans are upset about the Kevin Cabral thing. That's a lot of gam for somebody that didn't do anything for the galaxy. And, um, but I, I think if you're a fan, seeing Cole Bassett come back is probably great. Seeing some of these moves, you're like, at least they're bringing people in on like some teams. But if the manager can't get anything out of this, uh, I, I don't know, especially if they expend expand i would say for sure logan if they miss the playoffs after an expansion of nine teams he's out he's got to be out yeah this is this was what sucks about this playoff thing because you just don't know um i'm assuming it goes to nine like i really am i'm just assuming the league's going in the wrong direction in, in that aspect um just because the feelers that i have as far as like listening to bogart and listening to people that have talked about it like sam and paul they seem that this is on board and on brand for MLS to try to do this and then backtrack when it doesn't work next year. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to assume that there are nine, but if there were still seven, I still think Colorado would be, or should be looking for a playoff spot. Um, I actually, I think I'm higher on them than you. Um, only in the fact that like, I'm looking at the West, right? Nashville's being taken out. Um, I still have questions about FC Dallas and if they can continue what they did last year, I still question LA galaxy. Um, even though 
you know, they, they do still have some of the remnants of last year's team. I think their starting 11 is good. I just think after that, it, it kind of dips. But then you have the Chris Klein stuff thrown in. I don't know if you heard this news, Jordan, but Minnesota United is going to be without Emmanuel Reynoso for the time being. And it sounds like it could be for months, um, depending on whatever this personal situation. Now, he has had trouble. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not blaming him. Yep. He's had trouble with domestic abuse, I think it was, Jordan, or some kind it was, of. It was rumors of it. I don't know if it yeah. was ever assault or something sure. it was it was something where but it was I, something I, that almost prevented yes. him from coming back last yep. year and now it's a personal issue where he's not in the right headspace or something yes and Which he is, hasn't been in practice at all for right. so, so when we get to minnesota we'll we'll talk about that right. but your what your point stands that there some of these teams might be dropping a little bit for for this team to rise from the ashes yeah, with Nashville gone, RSL not really adding a ton. But RSL, I mean, uh, it, it is kind of weird looking back at this now. It's kind of like, but here are the other things. Here are some other things that kind of factor in. Is Portland better? Can Vancouver bounce back off of, well, not a great year last year, but I think could be better this year. You also look at Seattle, who I think is going to bounce back this year. SKC, nobody knows. SKC had, it might have been one of those weird one-off years last year, right? And if San Jose fixes the defense, I mean, I, this West, man, I, I'm telling you, it is so much tougher than the East just because I, I think the team's qualities are better. I think even the bottom team's quality is better than half the teams in Orlando, or in Orlando maybe Orlando too, but uh, half the teams in the East. But I, I'm just looking at this table. Um, I love uh, I love everything that they did in the offseason except for two. I don't really like the Calvin Harris move. I, I just don't think that he's ever worked out anywhere he's been. Um, and Kevin Kerbrall, I, I just hate that move. You had such a good little streak of great moves, and you go and sign a, pretty much a, a castaway, an exile from LA Galaxy, who they can't figure for out. For a story. million, Gam. Right. A million. Yeah. You know how many players you could you could have gotten like three or four different players on that and built such a – I mean, there's so many MLS experienced players, Jordan. Like, why the hell – would you spend, uh, and especially a DP spot on a guy that like, uh, maybe Jordan, maybe he shocks the world and he's good. But from everything I have heard about this particular player, he's one of those wingers that we talked about. He just doesn't, he doesn't fit in this league. And I just, I'm concerned about that. But that being said, I love Cole Bassett coming back. I think he's a phenomenal player in MLS. I think he's had a rough go uh, in uh, Fortuna Sitard, I think that was an awful Infinord. How do you say that again? I forget how to say that team's name. Fortuna? No, Fionord. Fionord. Feyenoord? Thank you. Yes, thank you. Um, I think him coming back to the to the Rapids is fantastic. I think Connor Ronan played really well with the Scottish Premier League um, with the buddies, I think they call them. Um, but they played really well. He won player of the year uh, with St. Mirren uh, in the Scottish Premiership. Uh, Andreas Maxo is supposed to be a phenomenal defender and he's coming over from Bronby. And if you don't know Bronby, Bronby's pretty well known in the Denmark league. Um, so I love that. Uh, I think the Alex Gerbosch, it's kind of up in the air just because he, he's played in lingo. I do. I don't know how you say two in French, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's why I just said two, right? <laughs> right? Liga do. Uh, but he's had a, he was decent, but I, you know, I think with him, it's more of a project kind of thing. They hope he, he plays well, but I think that this, they've done enough to kind of short the defense a little bit. I think they've added to the attack. Uh, my biggest concern is them scoring goals consistently enough, right? I think Diego Rubio could do a fantastic job um, when healthy and he stays on the pitch. I think that's a, that's a good number nine option. Uh, and so they can play really well in this league. 
So I don't know. I, I'm pretty I'm pretty high on them considering some of these other teams uh, now that I look at it. So I think a successful season is definitely making the playoffs. Um, if we're still doing the seven, I would say fifth, sixth, kind of that same area where RSL is. Like I think they and RSL are pretty comparable. Um, not only because I call them different, I call them the same team often, um, but because <laughs> um, I think that they have similar play styles. I think that they have same team, issues, same goal, right? Same <laughs> team, same goal. Uh, I think RSL defends a lot better, obviously, but um, I do think that they have some issues with consistency in the attack. And I think that's going to be ultimately what decides how good they are this year. Yeah, I think this might sound like a very negative episode because we chose three teams that are kind of lumped into this state of we don't really know how good they'll be because of, I guess, lack of investment, (laughs) inconsistencies, stuff like that, um, that I'm sure when we get to the other episodes and we're talking about you know, teams like Austin, Dallas, um, Cincinnati, Philly, Cincy, New York teams. Right. We're probably going to have higher benchmarks for those teams. So I know it sounds like for these teams, uh, successful seasons are kind of bottom of the barrel stuff, but that's kind of where these teams are. And this is why a lot of times when people say, you know, it's time to let the salary cap go or stuff like that. I'm not sure if that's true at times because I think these teams would be blown out of the water by teams that are willing to spend and willing to not play by these MLS rules, right? Because I feel like they're given stuff. I mean, GAM is free money. They spent it, to be fair, kind of on the wrong guy, right? It's kind of the vibe we get. They probably could have paid a million gam to somebody else in the league and got a better player than Kevin Cabral. So not to hang up on on that, but it's just kind of like that's what we're judging some of these teams off of is not even just who they're bringing in, but how much they're spending to bring some of these players in that are not big stars, that are not the best it's it's almost like a wrong allocation of funds at times so but again also gam is almost like made up so they probably don't feel bad wasting a million gam on them because it's, it's not real money you know it's whatever uh so hopefully if you stayed with us if you're one of those fans of the team let us know your thoughts on what did we get it wrong did we totally get it wrong is expectations higher expectations lower for some of these teams of yours are you yelling in your car as you're listening to this yelling hey i think you got this wrong i i'm actually more optimistic about our signings or i'm less optimistic um a successful season would be 10th because you know, we even added Santa, St. Louis in here now. You like what St. Louis did or whatever. Like, let us know your thoughts. Tell us, you know, your thoughts on the expectations for your team. Are you a fan who is easy to please? Or are you a diehard fan that is hard to please, right? 
Are you looking at what the team made, the moves they made, and said, this is not good enough? Or are you saying, hey, I'm surprised we spent money at all? Let us know. And that's not just for these three teams. That's for any teams going forward. If you expect from the team, I think that could be fun. I think that could be interesting kind of hearing the ground-level fans' expectations for their team. Because we interview a lot of journalists that are a little bit more unbiased. We also interview some people that are like podcast host fans that are biased. So I am very curious to just hear fans themselves say, hey, man, I just want to win, you know, and I'm pissed at my owners for this. Or, hey, the owners are actually doing what they can. Like, I'm very interested in that. That's why sometimes I hang out in like the subreddits or the message boards, Twitter threads, looking at what all these fans say um but yeah so logan if you want to tell uh everyone who we're talking about next week so if they do want to reach out to us they can tell us yeah so uh we're going to start out with monday or i don't even know when we decided to record this short to be honest with you um but i do know that i think that it was sunday but was sunday and then i think we're going to try to record next week too midweek next week with another one i want to say um yeah okay Uh, that's what i thought i was like i think we're trying to do like beginning of the week sunday and then we're going to do midweek so the next one that we've got uh that we're going to record is charlotte atlanta orlando and miami um that's going to be next episode and then the following episode we're going to be doing minnesota united skc dallas houston and austin so we're doing the texas trio uh, and we're hoping to have on the Moon Tower guys. If not, then we're going to be going maybe no other pod. If not them, then uh, we'll have some random guy from uh, Minnesota like Jack. <laughs> um, no, but either way, we got like uh, it sucks because Show Four has all of our good friends, like people that we really do enjoy talking to. Uh, so that's going to be yeah. We should have split some of those up yeah, now that I, we're thinking yeah, of it. Yeah, I still can. I can still do the graphics. We can pretend. No, it's fine. That. It's okay. Fine. But uh, the, the, the reason why I did that, Jordan, is because I, I definitely wanted to put Nashville, Cincy, and St. Louis in the same episode. And then I felt like the crew had to be with Cincinnati. So then it was yeah, like, it okay, which other team could have been with them? I could have thrown Chicago into the other side and then put like SKC. But then I was like, that's no fun. I wanted to put all the Texas teams together. Yeah, yeah. So I guess my reasoning made sense. And then the Northeast has to be together because they hate each other. So <laughs> it's like they got to be together because those fans really don't like each other. So um but yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to it. So Charlotte, Orlando, Atlanta, and Miami is the next one. I think. And who I'm do gonna, we have for that one? Yeah, we got the great expert of Orlando City, Logan Stump, talking about the oh, okay. City Lions. So uh, I'm excited about talking to him. I haven't talked to him in a while. Um, but then we're also going to have on hopefully Moon Tower, if not Moon Tower. I think we're going to head over uh, and ask the guys at No Other Pod. Either way, we're going to ask those guys to come back on because we love having Dan. Uh, and Jimmy on uh, just because they're a lot of fun. And then we love having Jack on. So I, I think it's a, it's a very difficult group to kind of mix up, but um, even air not. And so it's like, we've got too many people in too many markets that we enjoy talking to. So it's a good problem to have, but a problem. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to reach out to us and give us that feedback or let us know, uh, you can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and on our email stateside show. So email is stateside show at Gmail. The other ones are at stateside show. And like I said, the Ted Lasso episode has dropped. So if you want to listen to that, that's on the same feed, but it is also 
on its own separate feed called Believe Cast. So if you just search Believe Cast, you should be able to find it wherever podcasts are, or you can go to Twitter at under uh, Believe underscore Cast. And that's it. So hope everyone has a great rest of their week. We'll be back talking some of those Eastern Conference teams with our good friend of the podcast, Logan Stump, who's going to break down Orlando City. (laughs) But have a great rest of your week. We'll catch you next time.